This podcast is a production of Phoenix Media. Explore more episodes of this show and other great shows on the Phoenix Media Podcast Network by visiting phoenixmedia.us. The views expressed do not necessarily represent those of the company or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I'm about to do to you what Limp Bizkit did to music in the late 90s. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. It is Tuesday, May 25th. We are your daily dose of laughs and levity in a crazy, crazy world. I'm joined by my co-host, the Savage One, Mr. Tony Spark. Tony, how you doing aside from uh, being a little freaked out by uh, the little disclaimer glitches there at the beginning? Yeah, I was like, uh-oh, is the radio going to crack? at er ish no, man, I'm doing great. It's a I got some good rest last night. I tried to watch Army of the Dead. I was telling you before we went on air, and um, I was really into it. I'm so into it. I made it uh, a little under a half hour in, and I crashed, and not because it's boring. I just have this really bad problem of staying awake, which we then discussed. It's because I'm always go, 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 go. So when I finally sit down, that's when the body's like, okay, dude. So, hey, and then the Nuggets won last night, 128 to 109. So we even the series against the Trailblazers. So that's a good thing. Uh, very decisive win last night. And then, of course, I already said the abs have moved on. So yep. I'm a happy guy in sports. And uh, did you see the Aaron Rodgers interview last night with I did, Kenny Mayne? I did not. No. Uh, why yeah, don't you fill us in out. real quick? Yeah, so he uh, finally did a little uh, interview with the media. He hasn't said nothing since wanting a trade out of the Packers. And uh, Kenny Mayne kept asking him, and he danced around it and was very – he's like, no, it's not about me. It's about you. (laughs) And uh, he danced. But he finally did give a little answer saying, like, he does love Jordan Love. He loves his teammates, loves the Packers fans and stuff. But – He's his beef is with management and stuff, and he went very philosophical about his answer. And they're like, "Sir, you do you want to trade or not?" And he goes, "I just want to wish you a a happy career, Kenny." <laughs> and, and it was a really good interview. It was funny, but but Aaron Rodgers definitely knew how to dance with it. But uh, it definitely sounds like there's trouble in paradise. I don't know if he'll be back, based especially based off his reaction and everything so fingers crossed here in the mile high city maybe just one finger because two is sometimes <laughs> bad but that would be good well it'd be good we've got about five six days before uh, i think we'll hear something in that regard so uh, we'll yeah we'll keep our ear to the ground in that case but uh, you know what let's go ahead and kick things off the way we do sure, each sure. and every day with a question for my co-host 
Tony, say you just bought a brand new lawnmower. It wasn't paid off yet, but what would you do to uh, raise the money to go ahead and pay off that lawnmower? Well, you know, I'd, I'd happen to just do a car wash, right? You get a bunch of dudes, and then we just you wear like Daisy Dukes and and sponges and sponge the the bug goop, or if you're Florida, the love bugs off your car, <laughs> and you get really big hosses, you know, and scrape scrape the sponges of soap all over your your hosses gut. No. Is that well, gross? That was just really gross. Blast a little Def Leopard or Great White or White yeah, Snake. Yeah, exactly. And- <laughs> I figured since, you know, Def Leopard's been done before, you'd have to find a really obscure, like, 80s band. Maybe a little Trickster, a little Wasp, you know? <laughs> there you go. Invite, invite David Ellison and Megadeth over off to the corner since he ain't playing bass anymore. He's you, doing you know. something else in the corner, that's for sure. <laughs> Spanky! <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I wouldn't do any of that. I just really wanted to be really dramatic and entertaining. That, that, that was it. I, I just wanted to give you something different. And with as ridiculous as that is, it's not as ridiculous as this. Ah, damn, I wanted to one-up it. The Ashtabula Sheriff's Office and ATF oh, agents lost. Ashtabula. are investigating after a 55-year-old Clay Street resident died when an improvised explosive device he was making exploded in his garage. Sheriff officials say a neighbor told them the man was making the explosive in his garage and had planned to sell it to pay off a lawnmower he had recently purchased. Deputies responded to the 1300 block of Clay Street Saturday after being notified that Jefferson Fire Department was dispatched to the address. Deputies were told that a male victim was trapped inside the garage. When deputies arrived on scene, the detached garage located behind the residence was burned to the ground and debris was scattered into the neighbor's yard. The state fire marshal was also called to the scene to help with the investigation. The victim was transported to University Hospital Geneva Medical Center, where he died from his injuries. Surprise, surprise. So, yeah, if you're trying to uh, pay off a lawnmower or other small purchase, maybe don't make improvised explosive devices in your garage. Just a word yeah. of warning. No, that, that guy is just, you know, if you play the sound clip, you're so dumb. Like, that one fits perfect yeah for him. if only it was a florida man but uh, in yeah. any case folks it what is tuesday moron. we've got a wonderful show lined up for you today let's talk about today's show shall we as we do on tuesdays we've got animal tales sponsored by roughwriters.org we've got a segment called everyday items dark past and then we round mm-hmm. out the day with this day in history folks do not go anywhere we'll be right back Subscription box, yeah, but with exclusive loot. On surprises delivered to your door every month. Just pick up your favorite geeky genre, daddy. <laughs> From the original Loot Crate, the Loot Crate DX collectible boxes, dude. Cowabunga! To the Loot Gaming video game box. Woohoo! Yeehoo! To the Loot Crate video box. What's with kids today, huh? 
Wowzers! With crits starting as low as $11.99 per month, those are packs just about for all collectors. To get your geek on, head over to phoenixmedia.us forward slash loot crate and claim your exclusive offer. That's f-e-n-i-x media.us forward slash loot crate. Great Scott! Snap into a loot crate, it. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. And we are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've got a little thing we talk about each show. It is the Phoenix Line, our 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week voicemail line, giving you guys the opportunity to chime in on anything whatsoever. Maybe you blew yourself up making a bomb in your garage trying to pay back a lawnmower. We want to hear about it if you can. Give us a call at 855-PHOENIX-RADIO. That's 855-F-E-N-I-X-R-D-O or 855-336-4973. All we ask is that you keep it entertaining. We'll compile those together, put them out in a future show. Now it is Tuesday, and as we do on Tuesdays, we like to explore Animal Tales sponsored by RoughRiders.org. Now Rough Riders is a local 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the transport of dogs from the rural outline shelters where they may not have a second chance, bringing them here into the metro uh, area of uh, northern Nevada, working with local shelters and rescues to find them homes, give them a second chance at life. If you want more information, head over to roughwriters.org. That's R-U-F-F writers.org. Or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash roughwriterssaves. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into Animal Tales. Dogs and the cats, they take up the middle where the honeybee hums and the cricket fiddles, the donkey brays and the bony neighs, the old gray badger sighs. Listen to the bass, it's the one on the bottom Where the bullfrog croaks and the hippopotamus moans and groans with the bait to do And the old cow just goes moo Every time makes me harken back to when I was a kid, Tone You pull on the the speak and say and it spins around The cow goes moo (laughs) All right, well, let's get into Animal Tales with our first story A fun-loving pup went on a joyride in his human's car when he pushed the gear shifter into reverse and spun around a cul-de-sac for nearly an hour. Residents of Port St. Lucie, Florida neighborhood had a chuckle Thursday morning when they learned to a car being driven uh, in circles around the cul-de-sac was being driven by a dog. Neighbor Anna Sable was alarmed when she looked out her window and saw police cars lining her normally quiet street. She laughed when she learned they were responding to a car being driven by her neighbor's black Labrador. I laughed. I thought it should be. (laughs) I thought they should give that dog a license to drive. Sable told WPTV. He was a better driver than a lot of them I've seen. I hope she means a lot of Floridians, not other dogs. Police said the dog's owner briefly stepped out of the car when the dog pushed the shifter into reverse and began nearly an hour-long joyride around the cul-de-sac. Officers were able to unlock the car using the keyless entry keypad on the driver's side door and bring the car ride to an end, but not before the dog took out a neighbor's mailbox, knocked over a trash can, and rearranged some bricks on another lawn. He was doing pretty good until he hit the mailbox. He went around for about an hour without hitting anything at all, Sable said. No one was hurt in the lab's hour-long drive, and the dog seemed pretty pleased with himself when his ride ended. I saw the dog jump out of the car, wagging his tail. I was like, 
okay, good driving, Sable said. Something you don't hear about every day, and uh, there is video that uh, I'm going to post this up on our Facebook page so you guys can see the dog driving around uh, the cul-de-sac for an hour, but uh, I bet he had just the time of his life. (laughs) That is Vance Joseph, and he's having the time of his life. Remember that really bad like uh, sports announcer for Monday Night Football that year? I do. <laughs> I don't oh know. My if, God, I don't know if many listeners will remember that, but no. Uh, yeah. But that just when you said having the time of his life, you just took me back there, man. <laughs> but it sounds like in Port uh, Port St. Lucie, like he had a real good time though. Yeah, it's so. a Florida a dog a Florida yeah. dog story. It's not even Wednesday yet. And I'm already struggling. Florida dog, Florida dog, smoking meth with that big ass frog. It's Florida dog. <laughs> woo, woo. Let's move on with animal tales. Yeah! This one's pretty interesting. So reacher, research. God, I'm telling you, words are hard. Word, and words it's are only hard Tuesday. on the daily. We just cover a segment on Wednesday. Exactly. Researchers are working on a pilot program backed by Russia's Rosatom to inject rhino horns with radioactive material, a tactic that could discourage consumption and make it easier to detect illegal trade. Poachers killed 394 rhinos in South Africa for their horns just last year. Government data shows with public and private game reserves lacking the resources needed to monitor vast tracts of land and protect the animals that live there. While the toll was a third lower than in 2019, and the sixth straight drop, illegal hunting remains the biggest threat to about 20,000 of the animals in the country, the world's biggest population. Thousands of existing sensors along international borders could be used to detect a small quantity of radioactive material inserted into the horns, according to Professor James Larkin for the University of Witwatersrand in Johannesburg, who has a background in radiation protection and nuclear security. A whole new army of people could be detected Uh, able to detect the illegal movement of rhino horns, he said. Some alternative methods of discouraging poaching, including poisoning, dyeing, and removing the horns, have raised a wide spectrum of opinion as to their virtue and efficacy. Known as the Ricetope Project, the new anti-poaching initiative started earlier this month with the injection of an amino acid into two rhino's horns in order to detect whether the compound will move into the animal's bodies. Additional studies using computer modeling and a replica rhino head will also be done to determine a safe dose of radioactive material. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's sad to hear the, the vast amounts of poaching that goes on just for a rhino horn. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, indigenous tribes who use an animal for everything, the skin, the meat, the hooves, the horn, the bones, whatever it may be. These guys are just going after the horns or in the cases of elephants' tusks. And uh, it, it's great to see that science is sort of taking a front seat to uh, combating it. And uh, hopefully this works. Yeah, that's it's just ridiculous. Uh, <clears throat> like, I don't know, the whole going after the horns, the tusks, all that stuff off animals. It's just ridiculous. Right. It's It shouldn't happen. You know, they're living creatures. They're just roaming their own their own little existence and just for a part of their body. That's right. it. They're being killed for one part. Right. That somebody it's, will use to adorn their home or, you know, make uh, 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 piano keys out of, you know, things like that, which is just ridiculous. It's beyond me, yeah. but, uh, you know, science is taking the right step. Let's keep no, moving that is on. Good. Talking animal tales. 
All right, uh, this one. So, uh, ooh, let me get that sound by ready. Oh, it's already there. A spooky creature named the Vampire Fish. Fish, I will suck your blood from Lake Placid. <laughs> Has been spotted by local divers in the American River. These vampire fish, known as the Pacific Lamprey, are long eel-like fish with teeth. But don't worry, they are harmless. Experts consider these fish rare, but they are native to California and the American River. Diver Carl Bly, who is often seen on the river uh, fishing or finding lost items, I'm telling you words are hard today, remembers words them from spending time on the water as a kid. I hadn't seen one in 30 years, Bly told Fox 40. It felt like an old friend, even though it was probably only a year old fish. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife say these lampreys disappeared for a while, but have started to resurface. So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, species that, you know, you assume are either gone or endangered um you know they're starting to re-emerge and i think that the pandemic had a lot to do with uh, a lot of that for nature because humans weren't out in the world doing things the same way they were in prior years right oh <laughs> that's just that's just just vampire fish <laughs> <laughs> oh and then finally here in animal tales <laughs> This one could be a Florida man if it took place in Florida, but uh, Tony, get that soundbite ready. I know you've got it. A family dispute over custody of a pet turtle required police intervention this week. Cops were called. I like turtles. <laughs> I I don't. My uh, the my soundboard's having issues, so Ooh. I I like turtles. It is a full moon, so uh, maybe that's yeah. the the technical <laughs> it could issues. Be. Yeah. Well, cops were called Tuesday morning to an Ohio residence to deal with competing claims on an African side neck turtle, according to a sheriff's report. Devin Staw, 28, told deputies that he left the turtle with his parents when he went out of town for a few days with his girlfriend. Devin stated that he was now there to retrieve the turtle with his parents refusing to return the turtle to him. Staw claimed he had receipts for when the when he purchased the turtle and also had photos of him and the turtle on Instagram, as seen above, a photo of the apparent turtle in question was uploaded last year to Stah's Facebook page. Of course, I'll post this in our Facebook so you guys can see it. Stah's parents gave cops a different account of why they were caring for the turtle, who is not named in the sheriff's report, sadly. Both advised their son had requested the couple keep his turtle as he was going to be incarcerated and unable to care for the turtle. According to jail records, Staw, seen at right, uh, was arrested in late February on misdemeanor assault and domestic violence counts and subsequently freed on $4,100 bond. Staw's mother told cops that the turtle was in poor health when the couple began caring for the pet and had to receive medical attention. Additionally, cops noticed uh, Staw's parents said that their son was aware the couple was going to keep the turtle permanently. The domestic dispute ended with the reptile remaining with Staw's parents, Sounds like a good thing. And after Staw's mother declared that her son was not permitted at the residence, deputies advised Devin he is no longer welcome on his parents' property. And uh, cops added, uh, departed the area without incident and his turtle. So, uh, yeah, sounds... I like turtles. There you go, Tone. There it is. <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> but uh, sounds like, uh, you know, justice won in this case that uh, this guy who was incarcerated on assault and domestic violence probably wasn't the best person to care for a turtle. So, uh, you know what? In the end, justice wins. 
Well, folks, justice deserved. That does it for this segment. When we come back, we've got a segment called Everyday Items Dark Pasts. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. Now back to the show indeed. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show and we are all over social media with many of you watching us as we speak on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Now if you want to get us on your mobile device or on your television, just download the ngbn.tv app on your smart TV or your mobile device. And uh, find the Phoenix Media channel there, and you can get this show and other great Phoenix Media shows right from the comfort of your own home. Again, that's the ngbn.tv mobile app and uh, uh, TV smart TV app. That's what it's called. If you want to get a hold of me <laughs> on social, I'm available at facebook.com forward slash Christian Phoenix Radio. That's Christian with a K, Phoenix with an F, radio, of course, with an R, or on Instagram and Twitter at Phoenix Media Radio. And Tony is available at facebook.com forward slash Tony Spark. That's S P A R K 81, or on Instagram at Tony.SanFilippo81. Now, in this segment, uh, don't really remember what brought it on. But it got me thinking that, uh, you know, some of the everyday items that we use probably have some really dark origins. You know, we're used for maybe some truly horrendous things. And so did a little Google search and sure enough, found a series of everyday items that have dark histories. So, Tony, what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you the item. Dark. And see if you can guess what the dark history is. So uh, okay. that's why we're calling this uh, segment Everyday Items Dark Past. Excellent. All right, the first one, Tony, Kleenex. What do you think Kleenex was used for before our everyday Before it was used to blow your nose and get all the boogies out? Um, Kleenex, wow. It sounds so nice. I don't know, I don't know what evil, evil doer it would be. Maybe it was made to make, like, uh, the material was made for... Like making a rope or something to torture people. Okay, good I guess. No, I, I have no, I have no idea. But if it's, I'm trying to think dark because you know, <laughs> I, I like turtles. Well, so. it, it's a good, good guess. Well, it was actually used as a gas mask filter before you were using them to blow your nose and clean up after yourself. These iconic facial tissues were originally developed to function as disposable gas mask filters during World, World War One. According to Kimberly Clark's own account of the history, the material used in Kleenex, a malleable and thin cellucotton, was found a remarkable... Boy, editors... Words are hard, man. In this case, it's an editor issue. Remarkably effective cotton substitute for dressing both wounds and filtering air coming into gas masks. So uh, every time you blow your nose, just uh, keep in mind that that could have saved you from some mustard gas or something along those lines. Oh my gosh, dude, that is, uh... Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on with everyday items. Not what I would have thought for that, for sure. Oh, trust me, they get weirder. Everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. Well, this next one, Tony, could be used with the previous product, just to give you a hint. Tony, what is the dark past of graham crackers? 
Oh man, graham crackers are so good, especially honey grams. They're they're yummy and they're delicious. But honey graham, well, it wouldn't be honey graham. That's a band or a brand. But uh, graham crackers. Uh, I gave you prob- a, a big hint with saying it could be used in conjunction with the last item we were just talking about. Uh well, it maybe caused to suffocate. They stuff your mouth full of them. <laughs> because they're, they're hard to break down so you you, you got it because usually you gotta wash them down if you get a lot because yep. they don't break down super easy so <laughs> uh, i'll go with a suffocation thing okay another good guess but uh not correct it was originally intended we're talking graham crackers as a anti-masturbation collation now you see the connection <laughs> to the kleenex <laughs> yeah oh, there you go The tasty and crummy s'mores bookends weren't always just a delicious midday snack. In fact, they were first introduced by the eponymous Presbyterian minister Sylvester Graham as part of a special diet that was meant to curb carnal urges, which he attributed to many maladies of the day. There was a popular theory of the era that speculated that if you could reduce your sexual appetite by simply eating bland food, it would work. It didn't. Sorry, Sylvester, but uh, yeah, so uh, graham crackers uh, designed to uh, keep uh, kids from getting those hairy palms, I guess. Hairy palms! <laughs> Let's move on with uh, Everyday oh, Items man. Dark Pasts. Excellent. Tony, the next item is Listerine. What is the dark past of Listerine? Listerine, um, before it was making your breath uh, taste fresh, it was probably used to like... Um, like you put in the people's cuts or something like ass, you know, as it iodine or something, you know, torture is used for torturing or something. You know what? You are mostly correct. It was an antiseptic. So it was used on wounds and it prevented STDs. So uh, before it was used to obliterate your stinky morning breath, Listerine mouthwash was originally developed as a surgical grade antiseptic. But it was also marketed as a floor cleaner and was even used to keep the promiscuous masses of the 19th century clap-free. So, uh, yeah, you know, if uh, you got a little bit of those uh, creepy crawlies downstairs, if you're uh, washing out your mouth, maybe uh, use a little down in the uh, nether region as well. Oh. That's nuts. Let's keep moving on. Everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. The next is... Oneida silverware. What okay. Do th- what do you think the dark past of Oneida silverware is? The dark past of Oneida silverware is they were, they made, uh, I'm all about torturing today. They made torture devices. <laughs> well, not necessarily. It's uh, founder started a crazy religious sex commune. Before it was I the behemoth, would not have guessed that. I'm sure you wouldn't have. Before it was the behemoth silverware maker it is today, Oneida was a religious commune in upstate New York, founded by the radical philosopher and utopian socialist John Humphrey Noy, who promoted free love in a variety of unusual contraceptive methods. Making silverware was simply a side business to generate money, and he was only able to turn it into the operation it is today, thanks to a shift in focus brought about by the commune's decline. So uh, next time you're using uh, Oneida silverware, just know that it came from a sex commune. Yikes. That's uh. That thing took like a hard left there. I definitely didn't see that one coming. For sure. <laughs> mm, drop! 
Let's keep rolling on. Everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. All right, Tony, your guess for every other one has led up to this. The item is treadmills. What were treadmills originally used for? Uh, Before they helped burn the jiggly jigglies off your bate, um, they were probably used... um, I don't know if it's the founder of the company or if it was used... Maybe it was used as punishment. Like, people were just tied to it and had to keep going like a hamster wheel to make things move or something. Like, it was more of an imprisonment thing, so it had to move stuff. You nailed it on the head, Tom. Ever been suffering on a treadmill at the gym and thought to yourself, man, this machine is straight-up evil? Well, it turns out you're right. See, the modern-day treadmill is an evolved version of the tread wheel, which was basically an energy-producing human-sized hamster wheel that served as a form of punishment and penal labor during the early Victorian period in Britain. Tony, you knocked it out of the park. Dude, and that was just a guess. I, I really didn't know that, so uh, that's pretty cool. It yeah. is, it is. Yeah, we, te- we teach you guys something on this show. Well, let's keep rolling on. Everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. Next item, Tony, is fertilizer. What is the dark past of fertilizer? Um, before it was made to grow and nurture your lawn, um, it was used to um, decompose bodies. I This one, I'm sure I'm way off on this one. Uh, you, you know what? It, it was a, a fantastic guess. You are off, but great guess. It was actually invented by the father of chemical warfare, while, the ha- while half of the world's food supply comes from crops grown with some sort of ammonia fertilizer, Fritz Haber pioneered this effort and intelligence were also used for evil during World Evil. During, like Dr. Evil? Exactly. No? Dur- during Chemical World War One, the German chemists spent a good deal of time developing and weaponizing poison gas, specifically chlorine, which led some declaring him a war criminal and, of course, uh, eventually made fertilizer down the road. So, again, you know, things that are good now weren't necessarily good back in the past. Oof. Oh. That's uh, that's definitely it's crazy how like modern day stuff you just don't think like it came from such a really dark past. It's, exactly. it's nuts. For instance, this next one talking everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. Magnetic tape talking like VHS tapes, cassette audio. Where did that come from? What is its dark past tone? Dark past was to incriminate celebrities when they made dirty sex tapes and when they would get caught doing dirty dirties to get kicked out of heavy metal bands. <laughs> I'm uh, looking at you, Ellison. <laughs> uh, not too far off. It was actually used as Nazi broadcast technology. While modern technology has sprinted far ahead of this unique recording method, Found in everything from reel-to-reel recorders to cassette tapes, it was state-of-the-art back when the Nazis developed it to record and rebroadcast their radio addresses. It wasn't until the uh, the war ended that the Allies were able to bring the technology out of Germany and make it commercially viable. So uh, we have the uh, Nazis to thank for cassette tapes, I guess, maybe? I don't know. (laughs) And then finally here, Tone, uh, rounding out everyday items, dark pasts. Excellent. Tony, what is the dark past of vibrators? Please click module two. Um, Sexual harassment. It's more than you think. Okay. Well, that that is uh, (laughs) apropos. Yeah, thanks. 
Yeah, hey, sexual Can you repeat the question, Alex? The dark past of vibrators. Vibrators, they were used not for your pleasure of the clitty clitty. Oops, sorry, kitty kitties. Um, it was used used to like shake the truth out of people. Just <laughs> not I quite. It was actually used to treat female hysteria. Before they were the cornerstone of the sex toy industry, the vibrator was considered a legitimate medical device invented by male doctors who would administer it to women diagnosed with hysteria. The treatment for the loosely defined ailment, which would later be recognized as simple sexual frustration, was for doctors to manually bring them to orgasm using their hands, which was evidently too exhausting and spawned the development of this labor-saving tool. So, ladies... So, is that... You've got doctors to thank for uh, that uh, fun and uh, interesting. Say, it made me think of Def Leppard's hysteria. There you did that. <laughs> I get hysterious. Hysterious. Near the clitty. Near the clitty. Folks, that does it for this segment. When we come back, we're headed in the final segment of the day. It is time for This Day in History. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Get everything you need for the Christian Phoenix Radio Show over at phoenixmedia.us or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash phoenixmediaradio. Now back to the show. We are back, folks. This is the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. We've made it to the final segment of this episode, but not before we bring you this day in history. Now, if you missed a portion of the show or you want to go back and catch up on any of the previous shows, it's easy enough to do so. Head over to phoenixmedia.us, click on the show's link, scroll on down to the Christian Phoenix Radio Show. From there, you can get video, you can get audio as well, or head over to wherever you get podcasts. Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, iHeart, Doozer, Dozer, Geezer, Gozer. Are you a god? I'll take that as a yes, a little call call back to uh, Animal (laughs) Tales, but... uh... (laughs) Yeah, that one went a little nuts, but I I always try to find something that's different, weird, or just kind of chuckle versus the basic yes, no, and there's only so many yes, no clips, so now I have to get creative and find some weird shit to throw in here. That one qualified (laughs) as all three. Well, folks, while while you're there, be sure to subscribe that way. We you always have the latest episode. Leave a review, let us know what you think, and tell your friends. Because why, Tony? Sharing is caring. Spread the love. Put us out there. Exactly. Share, share, share. And we love spreading the love, which is why we like dropping a little knowledge on you, hopefully making you laugh at the same time. It is time for This Day in History. Reversing the globe for the stories that turn the world on its head. It's This Day in History with your correspondent on the beat. Christian Phoenix. Thanks, Siri. All right, uh, let's go ahead and kick things off. This day in 1521, the Edict of Worms outlaws Martin Luther and his followers. I got worms. There, there's lots of worms. The Edict of Worms, it's, it, you just, Martin Luther and your followers, this is 1521. The, the worms are taking over, okay? It's the Edict of Worms. 
<laughs> I got worms. Let's I move on. Worms. This day in 1787, the Constitutional Convention opens at Philadelphia. George Washington presiding. That's back when you could hold conventions way before the pandemic. I just want to know what he cosplayed as. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I wonder. I don't know. Maybe Jaws from uh, uh, the James Bond movie with his wooden yeah. teeth. He put some metal in there. <laughs> <laughs> chomp, chomp. Moving on this day in 1816, a collection of poems by Samuel Taylor Coleridge, published by John Murray in London, including Kublai Khan and Cristobal. Boy, he really likes those hard k sounds with uh, some very strange <laughs> words. Yeah, my favorite poem is Kublai Khan, and it's about this guy named Kubla and, and Khan. It's like a precursor to the wrath of Khan. Star Trek, you know, it's coming. <laughs> Don't worry, give it about uh, hundred, 150 years or so. <laughs> Moving on, this day in 1842, Christian Doppler presents his idea known as the Doppler effect to the Royal Bohemian Society in Prague. Tony, uh, are you familiar with the Doppler effect? Aside from yeah, the, the Doppler, Doppler radar 5000 from... Uh... <laughs> yeah. That, that's the only time. When I hear Doppler, um, I think of the Doppler radar for weather. So that, that's, that's it. Doppler is actually a way of tracking sound waves. The best example would be um, a fire engine coming your way. You know, you can hear it from almost miles away, and it gets louder and louder and louder. And then as soon as it passes you, it seems to almost disappear like that. That's the Doppler effect. So, uh, yeah, we're dropping a little knowledge on you folks. Oh, I like it. Moving on this day in 1895, Oscar Wilde is sentenced to two years imprisonment for gross indecency, which I assume he wrote about something and, you know, words are, are evil. And so he spent two years in prison for writing something that somebody didn't like. Uh, if wow. only times had changed. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. He would be allowed to do that kind of stuff today. But maybe not back then. No, he'd, I'm not saying he wouldn't offend people, but, right. uh, you know, but people can get away with saying and doing different stuff today. I don't know. With cancel um, culture, it's it's sort of coming back around to that now. Oh, that is true. Our, our buddy who keeps going around, Megadeth bass player Ellison, canceled. <laughs> well, Too bad, too, man. Let's move on. We've got, uh, boy, quite a few in the baseball realm, starting with this one in 1919. I would have loved to have seen this. Casey Stengel releases a sparrow from under his baseball cap. Could you imagine walking out to the mound? (laughs) You take your cap off and a sparrow flies away. Now batting Casey the Sparrow Stengel. It's like like a John Woo film in slow motion. (laughs) Face. Off. <laughs> Moving on this day in 1922, Babe Ruth is suspended for one day and fined $200 for throwing dirt on an empire. And back in 1922, $200 was like, what, $3 million in, by today's yeah, money? That's, Something that's like a that. huge fine, yeah. That's just funny. <laughs> Don't piss off the Babe. You're going to get dirt thrown at no, you. I'm surprised he didn't flick his cigar at him. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. It was better than vampire fish. You don't yep. want that thrown at you. Either. Nope. No. Moving on, this day in 1927, Henry Ford announces that he is ending production of the Model T Ford, which obviously uh, pioneered the assembly line, but uh, by 27, it was a antiquated vehicle. Obviously, they moved on to great vehicles like the Ford Escape that Tony drives, and mm-hmm. nothing, nothing ever goes wrong with that, right, Tony? Never, never. 
Found on road dead. That's what Ford stands for. Exactly. Yeah. Let's keep rolling on this day in 1941. Ted Williams raises his batting average to over 400 for the first time in 1941, which uh, in baseball, that is a fantastic batting average. Yeah, that is. Way to go, Ted. (laughs) All right. uh, Speaking of baseball, this day in 1951, and this goes to show that not everybody starts out hot. You got to find your footing sometimes. But New York Giant Willie Mays, first major league game, he goes 0 for 5. So uh, big old goose egg. Say, hey, kid, (laughs) keep your head in the game. It's okay. There'll be better days. Exactly. You'll move to San Francisco. You'll become a legend. You'll get traded back to New York. You'll play for the Mets for a season. People will forget about it. But, hey, you're going to be a legend. And that Don't worry is. about going over for 5. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep rolling on this day in 1961. JFK announces the U.S. goal of putting a man on the moon before the end of the decade, which they accomplished, depending on, uh, you know, if you believe or don't believe the conspiracy theorists that Stanley Kubrick <laughs> did it a, on a soundstage. On a soundstage, right. Who knows? Right, we'll never know. There's never going to be an answer. That's always going to be one of those great debate conspiracies there. I'm pretty sure we did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I figure if we can get what things we're doing nowadays, I mean, you had to have the early origins of getting up there. So. Yep. Oh, more sports history. This day in 1965. Muhammad Ali knocks out Sonny Liston at 2 minutes and 12 seconds of round one at Central Maine Civic Center. Lewiston to retain his WBC, WBA heavyweight boxing title. So uh, Muhammad Ali, one of the greatest there ever was. Down goes Liston in an amazing 2 minutes and 12 seconds in round one. You suckers paid all this money. Down goes Liston and still champion of the world, Muhammad Ali. <laughs> Prince Ali of Ababa. Moving on this day, 1967. Let's see how bad that uh, accent is, Tone. Oh, yeah. John Lennon takes <clears throat> delivery of his psychedelically painted Rolls Royce. I, uh, I went, I took some mushrooms from the closet and I found them and I just went on this trip. It was not a magic submarine, but a Rolls Royce. <laughs> Boy, oh, I lost my British accent when I did it. I just found me mushrooms. <laughs> I was after me lucky charms. Uh, let's keep rolling on this day in 1969. Midnight Cowboy, directed by John Schlesinger and starring John Voight and Dustin Hoffman, is released. Won the Academy Award for Best Picture in 1970. Uh, Midnight Cowboy, big fan of that movie tone. I've actually never seen it. I know about it, but I've never watched it. Okay. All right. Like a midnight cowboy. Definitely Kmart cowboy. Here's cowboy one gear. you are Kmart. familiar with. And then finally, here in this day in history, this day in 1979, Alien, directed by Ridley Scott and starring Sigourney Weaver, is released. Fantastic movie. Still holds up today. Yep. Legendary movie with Ripley. She was, uh, that was her more famous role before Dana Barrett. But exactly. uh, yeah, Alien, man. That still holds up well today for being a movie from 1979. Actually, yep. still quite uh, a terrifying sci-fi movie. And, and much better than even some of its sequels. Well, folks, Yo, yeah. before we head out for the day, let's run down some of today's holidays. Where we talk about the things that we like well, to celebrate. For instance, Tony, today is Geek Pride Day. Tony, be oh, proud of being yeah. a geek. 
<laughs> Look around. Embrace the nerd. <laughs> it is National Brown Baggot Day. I feel like we had that last week. Yeah, I think so, too. Maybe they, it's so nice they celebrated twice. Yep. It is National Missing Children's Day. Oh, that's sad. It is that National sucks. Tap Dance Day. It is Towel Day. And finally, Tony, it is National Wine Day. Pour yourself a glass of red, a glass of white. Enjoy the rest of the Tuesday. Join us back here tomorrow on a Wednesday for a brand new show where words truly are hard. We will see you all then.